ओम नमो भागवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भागवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भागवते वासुदेवाय ओम ज्ञान चमरानश्वाकया चाक्षुन उन्मिलिताजमाय श्री गुरवे नम I offer my respectful obeisances unto my spiritual master who with the torchlight of knowledge has opened my eyes which were blinded by the darkness of ignorance Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Shtatpitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupam Kadam Mayam Dadati Swam Padantikam When will Shri Rupa Goswami Prabhupada who has established within this material world the mission of to fulfill the desire of Lord Chaitanya give me shelter under his lotus feet hey krishna karuna sindu dinabandu jagat pate gopesha gopika kanta radha kanta namastu te oh my dear krishna ocean of mercy You are the friend of the distressed and the source of creation. You are the master of the cowherds men and the lover of the gopis, especially Radharani. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. Vanchakalpa chubiyascha kripa sindhu bhevacha patitanam pabhinibhyo vaishnabhev namo namaha. I offer my respectful obeisances unto all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees and who can fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. So today, <clears throat> reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 5, Verse 7. But before we start that I wanted to comment on this opening prayer about the spiritual master and the other day Giriraj Maharaj Maharaj was talking about challenges and really going the limit taking risk in our service on a daily basis and every day we offer our obeisances unto the spiritual master and in that statement that is made about the bearing of the torchlight of knowledge which has opened my eyes it's a very very powerful statement just in those few words because without that bright light that torchlight that glow that effulgence that knowledge we would be in the darkness of ignorance and it's a very very sad and uh suffering place to be in there are some of us who are fortunate to have been 
born into this glorious movement. There are some of us who have been trying for many years, dedicating ourselves to the service of Srila Prabhupada and his devotees and to the Supreme Lord. And without that, without that mercy from the spiritual master, no one could make any advancement. So I think that the awareness on a daily basis needs to really be emphasized that we are totally uh, depending on that mercy. And and, and 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 not to lose sight of that. You know, the spiritual master, each of us who are fortunate to be participants in this movement and who have, you know, dedicated our lives to serving, each day we are faced with challenges. And some challenges are a little bit more intense than others. But within that, we always have to remember that we can always take shelter of the spiritual master, of his devotees, and of Krishna. And in the third part of that prayer where Krishna is saying, where Krishna is the ocean of mercy, the friend of the distressed and the source of creation. So in our times of distress, we should never forget that we always have a friend. We have a friend in the Lord. And he's available. But we have to make our, we also have to make ourselves available. We're going to talk a little bit more about t- taking risk as we go into the, today's verse, taking those challenges. So. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 5, Verse 7, Text 7. I mean, verse 7, text 7. And the Sanskrit is going to be a little difficult for me, so please bear with me. Tvam paryatana arka ivatrilokim antas charovayor ivatmasakthi Paravare Brahmani Dharmato Vratai Snatasya Me Nuna Alam Vichak Sva. So we'll just go right into the word for word. Tvam, your goodness, paryatan, traveling, 
Arka, the sun. Eva, like. Trilokim, the three worlds. Antachara, can penetrate into everyone's heart. Vayur Eva, as good as the all-pervading air. Atma, self-realized. Sakshi, witness. It's Sakshi, witness. Paravare, in the matter of cause and effect. Brahmani, in the absolute. Dharmata, under disciplinary regulations. Vrata, in vow. Snatasya, having been absorbed in. May mine, nunam, deficiency. Alam, clearly. Vichaksva, search out. Translation. Like the sun, your goodness can travel everywhere in the three worlds. And like the air, you can penetrate the internal region of everyone. As such, you are as good as the all-pervading super-soul. Please, therefore, find out the deficiency in me, despite me being absorbed in transcendence under disciplinary regulations and vows. Purport by Shri Prabhupada. Transcendental realization, pious activities, worshipping the deity, charity, mercifulness, non-violence, and studying the scriptures under strict disciplinary regulations are always helpful. It's a very short purport today. I was thinking of reading another verse, making an attempt to do so. And I think I will because it's such a small, short purport. So we'll go to text 8. Sri Nara Uvacha Bhavatanuditam Prayam Yaso Bhagavato Malam Ye Yeta Manyeta Darsanam Kilam Sri Narda Sri Narda Uvacha said Bhavata by you Anudita Prayam, almost not praised. Yasa, glories. Bhagavata, of the personality of Godhead. Amalam, <clears throat> spotless. 
Yena by which Eva certainly Asur he the personality of Godhead Na does not Tusyeta be pleased Manye I think Tat that Darshanam philosophy Kalilam inferior translation. Sri Narda said, "You have not actually broadcast, broadcast the sublime and spotless glories of the personality of Godhead. That philosophy, which does not satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord, is considered worthless." Purport. The eternal relationship of an individual soul with the supreme soul personality of Godhead is constitutionally one of being the eternal servitor of the eternal master. That is a very powerful opening statement. There is so much in that. But very simply... It, and very clearly, it defines who we are and what it is that we are supposed to be doing. You know, specifically, the eternal relationship of an individual soul. And it really specifies that, and, and clearly that, we are in these bodies which are temporary. These bodies are temporary. It's not our eternal position. And the body is covering the soul. And the soul is our true identity. And the illusion, the mistake that we make is to... In, in circumstances, is to misunderstand the difference between our eternal, who we are eternally, and who we are materially. And that has to be defined, and it has to be understood, and very precisely understood, as it explained here. The eternal relationship of an individual soul with the supreme soul, personality of Godhead, is constitutionally one of being the eternal servant of the eternal master. That is, our, that is our only position. We are servants. We are servants of the Lord. And when we mistakenly, and when we forget that, who we really are, and when we identify with the illusionary energy, then we have a problem. Then we have a problem. That's where the problems occur. This misidentification of who we really are. This is the basic foundation of our philosophy. Srila Prabhupada started back in the 60s in New York explaining, trying to get it through to all these young devotees that were coming and taking shelter of him. 
to make and understand this distinction, to have realization of this distinction of the difference between the body and the soul. And Srila Prabhupada gave so many examples, so many vivid examples to clarify this misunderstanding. And it's very, it's challenging for us to understand this if, as stated earlier in the previous verse, that transcendental realization, pious activities, worshiping the deities, charity, mercifulness, nonviolence, the study of the scriptures under strict disciplinary regulations are helpful. But we also have a process that Srila Prabhupada has been handed down to us that ignites this understanding. And what is the what is the 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 thing that 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 ignites this understanding? It's the chanting of the holy names. It, everything we we do in Krishna consciousness always falls back on this on this uh, on this chanting of the holy name, because this clears the mirror of the dirt of the mind, clears the clears the heart of all the dust, and we really begin. What you know when, when we hear that, I was thinking of that actually this morning, and I was only asked to give class last night. And then we realized this morning that I had to give this presentation. And again, we are talking about challenges and taking risk. But before we get into the risk taking, I'll conclude on this point about the body and the soul because it's essential. It's essential for us to really have an understanding. And the clarity comes from chanting, from taking shelter from taking shelter, from really, really, and even in last night's class, when I was with Giriraj Maharaj, he brought down, and a chapter from the Srimad Bhagavatam was going to be mentioned and spoken of in that class last night. And at the last moment, he didn't even go to the book. But he emphasized the same point that I'm making today. And it's emphasized every day. And any page you turn in Srila Prabhupada's books, you'll see the importance of us really diving, really, really nourishing ourselves with the Maha Mantra, this great mantra, this mantra of deliverance. Because that is the way for us to really understand our indi- who we are, this individual soul, and our eternal relationship with the Supreme Soul, the Personality of Godhead, Krishna. And that's what we want. We want our real relationship revealed to us, and we want to have that loving relationship with Krishna. Everyone, everyone, Everyone is looking for love. But we're looking in the wrong places. And we're taking shelter of things that are only giving temporary relief. They're only distractions. They're only distractions. You know, they soothe the mind for a few minutes. It's not satisfying and it's not eternal. And there's no eternal benefit. 
the only benefit that we get eternally is taking shelter of the holy names of the Lord's devotees, Guru, Shastra, and these other activities, as well as the processes of devotional service. So that's a very, very important point about, you know, the tendency to misidentify who we are. And that gets us in trouble. I'm speaking to myself, preaching to myself. But that's what gets us in trouble, this misidentification. And what keeps us in keel. Srila Prabhupada, I heard him mention once something in the areas, and it's not a quote. But Srila Prabhupada said, and I, I have personal experience of this. He said that when devotees, and many of you also feel this as well, because in our daily lives we have to confront the material nature, we have to go out there. But for a devotee, even that becomes spiritual because we're looking, we're not identifying with it. We, we see it, we're, we're in it. Whether we're in a Walmart or in a hospital as a nurse doing our service or as teachers, with the exception, of course, of teaching in a guru kul because that's, that's complete shelter. But whether we're teaching in a public school or in a university, whether we're a bus driver, Whatever occupation we hold, we're influenced by the energy around us. And the safety and the guarantee that we have not to fall into that energy is by taking this shelter of the holy name. And again, I said, Srila Prabhupada said at one point that when a devotee is interacting in the material world, he feels himself different, separate from this, these goings-on. All these things, are they have nothing to do with him. I have a service to perform as a doctor, as a nurse, as a bus driver, as a caregiver, as an instructor, as a student. But that's a sacrifice. And while performing all of those obligations, and that's what they are, the center point of our activity is that we never forget who we are, that we never forget our relationship with Krishna, because once we forget that, Maya comes in. Maya will make her entrance. So the clarity really needs to be understood. And this is the practice that we do every day. This is our practice. And it's, it's a service. It's a service. And it's done with love. It's done with love. And there's reciprocation. There's no way that devotees can, can do these activities day in and day out, year after year, if they're not getting some satisfaction, some pleasure. The Lord has explained himself 
as living beings in order, I'm sorry, the Lord has expanded himself as living beings in order to accept loving service from them. You see, this is how kind Krishna is, that he makes himself available to us in so many ways, in so many ways. And this alone can satisfy both the Lord and the living being. Now we go back. Such a, such a scholar as Vyasadeva has compiled many expansions of Vedic literatures, ending with the Vedanta philosophy, but none of them have, has been written directly glorifying the personality of Godhead. And this is where his despondency begins because he again is feeling this absence in his heart. Something is missing. You know, we sometimes when we're performing a service, maybe we're cooking for the Lord and we're putting together the formula or the recipe and then we realize to ourselves, something is missing. What have I not done? And if we miss it, we'll find out after the final production. Oh, it needs more salt. There's not enough sugar. There is too much sugar. There's too much salt. But the point is, is that we realize something was done and not completed and not done with full understanding. Kind of like not being in the moment. Missing something. And this is Vyasadeva's despondency. Dry philosophical speculation, even on the transcendental subject of the absolute, has very little attraction without directly dealing with the glorification of the Lord. When I was in, uh, this is a very also nice point, Kalakanta Prabhu from Alachua deals on a daily basis as a chaplain in the ministry in, in, of ministry for Krishna, uh, ministry for Krishna consciousness with all the other ministers and priests or whatever their titles are at the University of Florida. So all these religious leaders get together on a ba- on a regular basis and they discuss topics of students and their relationship with their particular faith or church or whatever. And I remember one point Kalakanta told me about, he was mentioning about professors at the University of Florida, and there's one professor in particular, I do not know his name, but he's, materially, he's brilliant. He has, he has so much knowledge. He knows Bhagavad Gita. And I... I it would really be unfair to me to say better than the devotees, but he knows it very well, verse by verse. I mean, he is very, very literate on Bhagavad Gita. But yet there's no devotion in his, there's no devotion, there's no devotion, there's no service in his heart to serve the Supreme Lord, to serve Krishna. And he'll sit down and he'll smoke a cigarette and 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 have a glass of wine and discuss bhagavad gita and throw out quotes and everyone's in awe about him but everyone he everyone he speaks to 
It's, it's poisonous because his point is no perfection in what he's saying. It's all speculation. It's all speculation. There's no foundation. It's partial truth. But it's not the absolute truth. And it's not being handed down in disciplic succession. The personality of Godhead is the last word in transcendental realization. And that's the point. That is the point. The last word in transcendental realization is the personality of Godhead. That should be in the formula. That's what's missing. That's the sweetness. That's the bitterness. The absolute real, um, the absolute realized as impersonal Brahma or localized Supersoul, Paramatma, is less productive of transcendental bliss than the supreme personality of Godhead. I'm sorry, than the supreme personal realization of his glories. So the other realizations, the realization, the impersonal Brahman, localized, super soul, Paramatma, they're not as productive. They don't give the, they, there is some benefit, there's some advantage, but it doesn't give the final Doesn't have that potency, and this is another point that Vyasadeva is, is. This is another part of his despondency. It's because he hasn't added the most important substance to his writings, and that is the glorification of the Supreme Lord. The compiler of the Vedanta, the Vedanta Darshana is Vyasadeva himself. Yet he is troubled, although he is the author. So what sort of transcendental bliss can be derived by the readers and listeners of Vedanta, which is not explained directly by Vyasadeva, the author? Herein arises the necessity of explaining Vedanta Sutra in the form of Srimad Bhagavatam by the same self-author. So here it is. What a lot of the literatures that Vyasadeva have compiled had, did not did not conclude with the personal realization and glorification of the supreme personality of Godhead, of Krishna. So the it doesn't so the formula was off and that was the despondency felt in his heart you know vyasadeva is submitting himself to his spiritual master narada muni and he when he was questioned he said yes yes what you say is right. I have tried to, you know, understand the absolute truth through your grace. And I have tried to explain also the absolute truth in so many books. The Vedas, Puranas, Upanishads, Vedanta Sutra. But, he's, but I'm still not happy, he says. I'm still not happy. So what is, my, what is the defect in me? 
This is what he asks, and this is the point where he's at. And the whole scheme of it all, the conclusion of it all, is that one should satisfy the Lord. This is the secret of success. Tasmin to stay, jagat to stam. If God or Krishna is satisfied, then the whole world is satisfied. So we have to please Krishna. We have to please God to, if we want real satisfaction. And now we're going to go back to what that takes. It takes determination. It takes determination. And making those sacrifices. Taking those risks for Krishna. In our own history. Starting from our founding Acharya. We hear of the many risks and challenges he took at an elderly age. Coming to a completely strange and crazy country. Leaving the shelter of Vindavan to come here. That's a risk. That's a risk. That's what we're mentioning here. Srila Vyasadeva is also in this position right now because he's taken on this, this, I don't want to say challenge, but he's taken on this um, service to compile these literatures. And now he's seeing that he has to Explain everything in the Bhagavatam. So now the Bhagavatam is going to be introduced. And in that, the glorification of the Lord in its fullness will be presented. And his despondency and his illusion and not, you know, having the complete essence of, of these writings. You'll be satisfied. So again, you know, that's what again, if if if, if Krishna, if God is satisfied, the whole world is satisfied. What a powerful statement. And that's what's missing in the material world, because they're not satisfying the Lord. And that's why everything is so topsy-turvy. You know, this demoniac Asuric civilization, demoniac civilization, there's no direction. There's no direction to speak of to satisfy God. In fact, it's the opposite. And not only is it the opposite, there's denial. They're denying the existence of God. They're denying the existence of God. And they want peace. And they want happiness. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter what you invent. It doesn't matter what, what nonsense philosophy you come up with. 
It doesn't matter what kind of new car you invent. You know, it doesn't matter whether the next phone that's being, um, next phone in production, you know, material, you know, the advancement in the in material, uh, um, in the material world only pushes one further away from our understanding of our eternal relationship as servants of the Lord. Because a lot of these things that are being presented to us, it's the exact opposite. It's telling us to serve ourselves, to become more self-centered, to become more impersonal. And then the illusion is, yes, these things are bringing me happiness. I am happy. I have my iPhone 10. I have my new car. And in my new car, I have a navigational system where I don't even have to think. I have my new shoes and my new tight outfit so when I go do yoga everyone can see every, all the lines of my body. Why are you looking at God? Why are you going towards God? You should be looking at me. Illusion. The ego. So the main, again, Naramuni is instructing his disciple similarly we are also getting instructions as disciples. And we have to take that instruction and take it to heart. Just like Vyasadeva is taking to heart what he's missing. And we should ask, I mean, the question is nice to be there within our lives too. Is there some despondency in my life? Am I completely satisfied? And if not, and if we're not asking these questions, then sometimes we, when we're not feeling happiness and peace and satisfaction, and then we move away from our relationship with Krishna and move more towards these things that are placed before us, it's entangling. It's entangling. Yes, we can use those things. Absolutely. I drove here from Florida and it was very, very helpful to have 
the navigational system. So I used the same technology to get here. But there's a point. I don't absorb myself and throw myself into this. And actually, this is also coming from Krishna. Because everything, everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to Krishna. And we are borrowing his property and thinking, this is mine. Another illusion. Everything comes from Krishna. Everything belongs to Krishna. And we're borrowing his property. It's an illusion to think it's ours. Just much as an illusion as if a bank teller is in a bank and he's dealing with millions and millions of dollars or thousands and thousands of dollars, whatever the denomination And he begins to think, oh, this is my money. Let me just take what I need with me when I leave today. He's going to be in trouble. It's not his property. It's not his property. And even if somehow you're able to attain riches and be very, very affluent, those things are going to be left here for someone else. After you're gone, you're not taking any of those things with you. We don't take any of them with me. It's, it's just like a loan, you know? And there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay even materially when we think of, you know, the sunshine and the breathing of air, so many demigods that are, that are responsible for all these different, you know, material, nature, uh, um, I don't know the right word, but the, the things in nature, for the rain, for the sun, for the wind, all of these things, they're borrowed. They're, you know, people are thinking, oh, free. No, free, nonsense. You have a debt. When you come into this world, you come in with debt. I and mind. Illusion. Illusion. So we have to take shelter of of Krishna. There's uh, there's one in in chapter 19 in the nectar of devotion. Srila Prabhupada explains that although many different processes of devotional love of God have been explained, Srila Rupa Goswami gives us a general description of how of how one can best achieve such a high position. The beginning of ecstatic love of Godhead is basically faith. And I said this the other day in class. 
Prabhupada goes on to say that there are many societies and associations of I'm sorry, there are many societies and associations of pure devotees. And if someone with a little faith begins to associate with such society, his advancement to pure devotional service is rapid. Again, last night in last night's class, for those of you who are attended or those of you who have the means of obtaining the um, tapes or whatever from last night's lecture, there's another point that His Holiness Giriraj Swami was saying, and it's about this association. You know, how does this work? You know, we hear so many times by being an association of devotees that one can make spiritual advancement. How exactly does that work? You know, when does the light go off? And what happens is, there's a change of heart. The heart changes. And again, that goes right back to the chanting, because our illusion, our false ego, that understanding I am this body, I am this mind, I am this, all of these misconceptions, they're completely dissolved. Srila Prabhupada goes on to say that the influence of a pure devotee is such that if someone comes to associate with him with a little faith, one gets a chance of hearing about the Lord from authoritative scriptures like the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam. Again, that's what we have here. We have that opportunity to increase our faith. And even for those people who we bring in, those people who come to Krishna consciousness, just coming, you know, like like last night, when I think was one person that came in just from the restaurant and they were curious and they were sitting down. They have no idea the effect of hearing. Shravanam Kirtanam. This is the start of our daily activity in Krishna consciousness. This hearing. And that's why Srila Prabhupada emphasized so much and continuously devotees like Vaisasika Prabhu and devotees all over the country who were dedicating and taking that risk in distributing Srila Prabhupada's books because it's so vital. The world is changing. Srila Prabhupada and his Krishna conscious movement, Lord Chaitanya's movement is actually changing the world. You know, today we have so many societies that are connected with Krishna consciousness. On the 15th, my daughter, my youngest daughter is flying to Peru and she's going to be doing a yoga course. So she called me the other day and she was frantic. And she said to me, I don't have, I, I, I need a Bhagavad Gita, she says. I, I, I said, what do you mean you need a Bhagavad Gita? So they're requiring her to bring a Bhagavad Gita, but she wanted a condensed version. She wanted to, she has the big full, I get, she has the big book, the hardbound, the big book, and she didn't want to carry so much stuff around. 
So I shuffled around and got her a small book and sent her, and she was so happy. Thank you. But they're requiring this. <laughs> this is, a, this is. I mean, you know, this is all Prabhupada's doing, a lot of the society. I was distributing books in, in Albany, New York, Troy, New York, Troy, New York. And it was a big, 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 uh, this, this past summer, a big flea, uh, uh, no, not flea, what is it called? Farmer's market. There was a farmer's market. And in this farmer's market, there were so many people that were involved with, so many young people that are involved in this whole yoga process. And I kid you not, there were no less than, and probably more than five of these young girls who were in their whole yoga getup, and they came over and they were making comments when they saw my, the table that I was at, and they saw Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita. So excited! Oh, I've got that book! Oh, that's one. And they would even, they, they would come and they would just pick it up and, and they would, actually they were helping me distribute because they were, they were bringing a, uh, because they were so young and affluent and, and good looking people and they were standing there looking at the book, they caused other people to become attracted who may, who may have just walked past. So they were actually aiding me in distributing Prabhupada's books. But they were so happy. This is what Srila Prabhupada meant when he, when, when he, when he adamantly, you know, expressed the importance of distributing books. The influence is amazing. They're time bombs. They're time bombs. How many times have you heard stories when you asked, one of the most joyful things to do and if you're not doing this, I recommend you do this because it's so joyful. Is to talk to a devotee, to really talk to a devotee and ask him, how did you come to Krishna consciousness? How did you get involved with this? When did you start chanting? And the stories are just amazing. I mean, that's like a whole nother set of Bhagavatams. Explaining the pastimes of those who are taking shelter of the Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna. So again, one gets the chance of hearing about the Lord from authoritative scriptures like the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. And that is an important word right there, the authority, because it has to be authoritative. It can't be just some nonsense that someone compiled on their own. And it can't be, you know, half, I'll put some of the Bhagavatam in and some of my thoughts in. Yeah, you know, there's, there's some truth there, but it doesn't fully explain the essence of surrender and service. It doesn't really explain our eternal relationship with Krishna, with the Lord, and it doesn't fully explain who we are. And that also is part of the despondency that Vyasadeva was feeling. So it has to be authoritative. Thus, by the mercy of the Lord, who is situated in everyone's heart, one gradually develops his faith in the description of such authoritative scriptures. That's the change that takes place. It happens in the heart. 
It's not external. It's not an external. You don't see it. Oh, wow. Your eyes are changing. You must be coming more spiritual. Oh, those dreadlocks, your hair, it's getting, oh, that, that means you're really connecting. It's, you don't, it's not a material thing. It's internal and it's from the heart. And this is the first stage of associating with pure devotees. And Srila Prabhupada explains that in the second stage, after one becomes a little advanced and mature, he automatically offers to the, he, he automatically offers to follow the principles of devotional service under the guidance of the guru. of the guidance of a pure devotee. And then, he accepts him as a spiritual master. Then Srila Prabhupada goes on to explain that in the next stage under the guidance of the spiritual master, the devotee executes regulative devotional service. And as such, and, and, and as a result of such activities, he becomes freed from all unwanted occupations, when he is freed from unwanted occupations, his faith becomes steady and fixed and he develops a transcendental taste for devotional service, then attachment, then ecstasy, and in the last stage, pure love of Godhead. Wow. So, in that, there are other stages. Shraddha, Sadhu Sangha, Bhajana Kriya, Anatta Mishti, Ruchi, Asakti, and then, of course, Bhava. But right now, at least for myself, just to try to gain a little faith, to try to remember the holy name, keep it simple, keep it real. Real in the sense of not being illusioned by the illusionary energy. And by understanding that we have, we, we really do have a friend just like Arjuna on the battlefield. Here's again that nice verse in 1865, where Krishna is explaining also that always to think of me, become my devotee, worship me, and offer your homage unto me. And, I, and, then, and, and um, uh, then he goes on to say that, thus you will come to me without fail. And Krishna, this is Krishna speak. I promise you, he says, I promise you this, because you are my very dear friend. Wow, that's that's so beautiful, huh? But this is Krishna speaking. This is Krishna, guaranteeing. Very few guarantees in the material world. Very few. 
But you can be assured that if Krishna guarantees you this, then it'll take place. Always think of me. Manmanabhavamadbhakto. Always think of me. Become my devotee. So that's our, that's our, our job, our service, our gold. And whatever necessary risk that needs to be taken, whatever challenges that we're faced with, we should do those. We should accept those. Because it is only us who has put ourselves in this situation in the first place. There's no one else to blame. You can't blame God. People do that. Look what God did to me. No, look what you did to you. God is putting his hand out and saying, yes, come to me. And we're rejecting and saying, no, I have better things to do. And that's why we're here. I don't want to worship you. I want to be worshipped. Foolish. What a foolish thing, huh? I mean, when we really think about it, it's foolish. So selfish. So impersonal. Because we're all servants. And we're all so insignificant. But somehow or other, we think we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that we're so important. And everyone's watching me. I'm on stage. And everyone should worship and bow down before me. And pay me homage. Foolish. So foolish. All that does is push us further and further away from Krishna. And so much more pain and suffering will occur. And this suffering is going on. For one who suffers, one is able to see the suffering of others. And it's very sad and that's another thing about our challenge is that we can't just sit back on an easy chair on a recliner and think it's all good. There's an emergency going on in this material world and every one of us, every one of us who have taken a vow play a, plays a part in continuing Srila Prabhupada's movement before we leave. Everyone can do, even the children can change lives. You know, Srila Prabhupada gave the example about Saraswati when they were, when he was, when she was a young girl in India. That's Malati's, uh, Mother Malati's daughter. Malati Prabhu. And Prabhupada was so pleased and so proud of her. And he would boast, yes, even she can, even she can preach about Krishna consciousness. And she would say, um, walk up to someone and say, do you know who Krishna is? 
And then she would so proudly answer, Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. This is preaching. Even a child. The other day I was, I made my entrance to a, into the building. And one little girl was with her mother. And she looked up at me. And she didn't know me. And the first thing that she said was, Haribo. Very welcoming. She was six years old. So at six years old, a child, and it's because I was dressed in devotional clothing that she was able to make that distinction. So again, we've read text 7 and we concluded with text 8. So I'll read again the translation for text 7. Like the sun, your goodness can travel everywhere in the three worlds. And like the air, you can penetrate the internal regions of everyone. As such, you are as good as the all-pervading super-soul. Please, therefore, find out the deficiency in me. Despite my being absorbed in transcendence, under disciplinary regulations and vows. So again, Sita Vyasadeva is appealing to Narada Muni to help him with his despondency. And then in text 8, will we conclude it today? The translation reads, Srila Narada said, you have not, so now Narada Muni is answering the question of his despondency. So Narada Muni, Srila Narada, uh, sorry, Sri Narada says, you have not actually broadcast the sublime and spotless glories of the personality of Godhead. That philosophy, which does not satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord, is considered worthless. Worthless. This is such glorious literature. I mean, it's, you know, I haven't even because I'm just starting to learn how to read. I mean, I haven't even went into these books, and I'm just praying the opportunity to stop traveling and just to try to absorb myself and really get the essence, to, get, to, to, to begin to really taste Prabhupada's books. But I have no practice of that. But just in the little, just in the little since the last couple of years, you know, I, I say to myself, and it breaks my heart, it really is painful to know that there are devotees who can read very, very nicely Prabhupada's books, but they're not taking advantage. Please, please, on a daily basis. If you, yes, yes, our lives are so busy. We have kids, we have obligations, we have this, we have that. We also have phones, and in those phones that we cherish, and those phones that we use just like I was saying earlier, for the navigational system to get here from Florida, we could also put a headpiece in or hear and hear Srila Prabhupada. So there's really no excuse. If you're ironing, if you're cooking, 
I wouldn't, I'd be careful driving, I mean, especially with something in your ears. But you can still hear Prabhupada's lecture. So really, when you really think about it, on a daily basis, even if you're hearing Bhagavatam class, you know, you should hear Prabhupada every day. If you don't, you're missing something wonderful. The heart is purified to hear from the lips of a pure devotee. And we have that opportunity. Take advantage of it. Please, take advantage of it. We have so much to do to heal this world. We all have a part in that. And again, we, there are risks that we have to take. Whether we're, again, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a pujari, someone sweeping the temple, a cook, someone as a street crosser, the ones who help the kids cross the street, a bus driver, a street sweeper, whatever occupation, whatever we're involved in, we have a responsibility as devotees to try to give this Krishna consciousness to other people. That is the risk. On a daily basis, we take risk. We take risk getting in our car every day. That's a risk. Why not take a risk for Krishna? And most of you are. I'm not, as, I'm not trying to say that you're not. I'm just trying to, again, I'm speaking to myself so I can take more of a risk, trying to get myself motivated. You know, devotees, and I, please, I, I am not criticizing. I am in awe with all of the devotees here in Dallas and all over the country who are just doing so much wonderful service for their guru and Srila Prabhupada. And it makes me see how much... I'm just like, I mean, I, I see how much work I have. I've done nothing. I have so much to do when I'm around so many devotees. And that is the... That's the power of a devotee association, Sadhu Sangha. That's the power of it. Because you really begin to see yourself and how little and insignificant you are. That false ego begins to crackle in front of you. And that's a problem for some people because it's painful. You know, when you think you're the all in all and all of a sudden you're seeing how little you are and really getting that realization in your heart, it's actually wonderful because it's purifying, but, but it's also difficult. Because for time immemorial, we thought we were this big deal. And now we're realizing how little we are, how insignificant. Oh, it's so painful to my false ego. But that's the medicine. That's the medicine. That's what we need to hear and understand. That's how we become purified. That's how we understand these books. That's how we get to taste, you know, the nectar of the holy name is by shattering this false ego, this false misconception with the body and with the mind and with the senses. And to really understand it, yes, all I am is an insignificant servant. And my only obligation is to serve. And again, to take those risks. And if I'm not feeling, if I'm not really feeling this bliss and this love for devotees and for Krishna, and then, then you know, it's an emergency it's an emergency. 
It's an emergency because something has to be done. And we have to figure it out. That is the science of self-realization. It's figuring out how to get well. We have all these things placed before us. You know, it's like someone who's sick and they, and, 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 and the doctor placed before them, you know, medicine A, medicine B, medicine C, medicine D. And the doctor says, okay, you need to take medicine C first and then with something to eat. And then later you take medicine D and make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids. And then I want you to take a little nap. And then after your nap, you can take these other two medicines with your meal you know, at, the, at, the, at, uh, at, the, at the, the midpoint of the day, afternoon. You, you take these other two medicines. Okay? And he writes this all down to you. And he places it before you. And he says, follow the instructions. And then you will get the proper results. So now it is your job to follow through. So the spiritual master is giving us all these formulas in which to get well. But we have to take the medicine. The example is given also that sometimes when we're giving medicine, it's like jaundice. When one has jaundice, you know, there's a bitter taste. And, and, and the medicine is sugar candy, and it, it, it tastes bitter. You know? Not to everyone, to us, because we're diseased. So we're in a diseased state and we're getting well. We have to follow the formula and take the right prescription. And again, scientifically, we have to figure out what works for us, what we like. What do I love doing for Krishna? What do I really love doing for Krishna? And then do it. And it always starts. It, it always starts at the beginning of the day when we rise and we take shelter of the holy names. Everything is invested in the holy names. Everything. It's all there. And we really need to take this to heart. That Krishna, Lord Chaitanya says this in his, in his prayer. He says this. Everything is in the holy name. We have to have faith in that. So, we'll end here. Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, what text do we end at? Eight. Text, we're ending at text eight. So, uh, Canto 1, chapter 5, text 8. Narda's instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. All glories, all glories, all glories to the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you. <laughs> I think I went, I think I spoke too long. <laughs> oh, oh, I.